You can turn it on. But you just don't want to be... Um, Too close to it. Yeah, you want to be in front of it so that it doesn't light you up. You want it to light the backdrop and not you. And if we were doing like this is the right way, there'd be another one over there and it would light that side up. But I kind of like just doing half because it gives it texture. You know? Like you... When you do half of it, then that side is darker and it like kind of... Sure. Peels it over. So... I like you don't have audio levels, freaks me out. What? You don't have the audio levels on your camera settings. So like... Can see the audio. No, it's working. Sure. <laughs> what are we What are we doing here? So I wanted to be like. Kind of all right. So last week or this vlog this week was coming about the talent, right? Come a little forward. You don't want to be in this light. You want to try not to be in. Uh, tell me when you can see this lamp in the shot. You can yeah, see, I can it. see it. Okay, it's no, out. I can't. Yeah. Now it's a little in. Now it's up. It's just six. This is a part two, loosely, of this week's vlog. So it's okay. talking about the talent that you find. Okay. Oh, yeah. And meeting up with your people. So, like, we've met you guys, and now it's like us, like, actually diving into that talent and our thoughts on it and how we work together. Talent acquisition or working together? Both. Like, so I feel like, I feel the, the question that we're going to, like, I want to get into and we can kind of get this going, but I don't think insurance agents or owners or whatever, they view, they view it with like, like kind of keep it at arm's length, right? Yeah. They just, they don't like embrace that collaboration, yeah. like, right? Like, like the way that we like. I agree. So that, that's kind of, it's like, listen, like it's, it's got to go to a whole other level. Yeah. So I, the thing that I hate hearing the most is I can't find a new employee. Yeah. Like, right? Like you, that's such BS. Like it's, it's complete BS that you can't find good staff. It is, it, it's not BS if you are, if you're looking in the same places that everyone else looks. So like if you're trying to poach talent from other agencies, well then you're not gonna get fresh ideas. You're gonna get legacy ideas where the person has worked with the same agency management system for 25 years, yeah. and then you plug them into a new agency management system, and all of a sudden, all their productivity goes down, and they're unhappy and miserable, and you're like, why did I hire this person? Mm -hmm. Or, see, I think that's lazy hiring. I think the issue is we become very lazy. Like, the, business, the, the agency owner knows that if you hire the 25-year-old who's smart, energetic, and could be a really valuable asset to the company, there's a year of effort in training that person to become a valuable member of the team. And I think that's the work that people don't want to do. Well, I mean, so here's the, my point is like, you should know that person when they're 25 or 24. Yeah. And be getting them as close as possible to when that day comes. Like, Well, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's always be recruiting. Yeah. Like, always be recruiting. Yeah. You're always recruiting. It doesn't mean that you're always hiring. Yeah. It just means that you're always recruiting. Yeah. So... Regardless of what event we're at, whether it's in industry or out of industry, or I meet someone, like there's a videographer uh, at the gym yeah. who I may never actually hire him on our team, but we now have developed a relationship that like if we need a fourth camera, I could call him and be like, yo dude, can you come here with us and be a fourth camera or a fourth set of hands? He's awesome, he knows a thing, he would fit right in as a contract to hire guy. Mm -hmm. So like that's recruiting, in that now I know I have a high quality guy who I think personality wise and skill wise could plug right into the four of us if we needed a fourth camera at a thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's like all that stuff. It's you have to be thinking that way, like thinking down the line, what could this person, is there, is there a person, I mean, we have a person right now, we have two people right now that we're cultivating. Will they ever be staff? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, you just always have to be recruiting. You don't want to like get to the point where you need somebody and be like, oh my God, who am I going to hire? Because yeah. that's when you get hosed. Yeah, I mean, even like the, uh, it's just like, well, I mean, I feel, again, I feel like people, they walk out of the office and like, that's it, right? And it's just like, I'm yeah. done. Like if they were to message a CSR at like 7.30, just about an idea, like, hey, what do you think about doing this? Yeah. Like they would set something on fire. Yeah. No? I, yes. It, it it's all a different dip- dynamic though. I understand there's a little more of a creative like just thing with it, yeah. but I just, I don't know. It's, with the, it's it. the precedent you set. So I, th- I think it's a couple things. So on our team, our team's a little different, right? We don't we don't serve clients during the middle yeah. of the day. So like for the most part, none of the three of us like there's no like if someone calls us at two o'clock in the afternoon, a customer like our business is not going to fall apart. Yeah. We could be like, hey, I'm in the middle of a project. I'll call you back in an hour, or I'll call you back tomorrow. And for the most part, with every client we have in our company, that's completely okay. So that's one aspect that's different about what we do than what an agency does. I and mean, I think it would be unfair to not make that distinction. The other side of that is from day one, I have set the precedent with you guys that I do not care how much, when, or where you work from. All I care is that the things that need to get done for our company to be successful get done. So I'll message you on Slack at 11 p.m. because I have an idea. I, there's no expectation that you get back to me. If you do, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't hold you to that. It's just the precedent I've set is sometimes I don't work from one to three in the afternoon. I'm just gonna go hang out with my kids. But then I'm gonna make all that time up and more at night or in the morning. I mean, that's how really how the 5 a.m. club started for me. My participation is that I just need to get extra work done. Mm -hmm. So I think if you judge people nine to five, hey, your performance is based on your butt being in a seat, that is what you get. If you judge them on, I need you to make sure that when you leave for the day, all your tasks are cleared, like then that's what they're gonna be set for. I mean, it's, it's culture. Cool. Well, I mean, like, what do you guys think about like having? Because I think there's also like two type. Well, and again, I feel very unqualified to talk about this, which is why I'm mostly just listening because I've never had to hire anybody before. But it seems like there's also two sort of boxes of people. Like, you need a lot of the grind work to get done, and then you need a lot of like creative work to get done so do you outsource the grind work do you have somebody come in at an early you know like early in their career in that like how do you manage the different types like you can't have I think everybody like so I know I, I kind of get what you're asking I think everybody everybody likes to do different kinds of work right and there is something to be said for you have to I think from a leadership level you have to manage what people want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I had hired you to stamp TPS reports and push them across the table, I'd be like, Sydney's a shitty employee, right? She's terrible. She doesn't, she doesn't like, she doesn't push the TPS. She's unhappy all the time. She's complaining because yeah. I didn't hire you for the right position. So it's part of it is finding the right person. And I might have, I might meet somebody and, and, I, and this has happened before, where I'm like, wow, they could be a really good fit. And then when you once you get to know them, because I'm because you're always recruiting, you're always thinking through these things, mm-hmm. you get them to a certain point and you're like, you know what? 
these pre- this person just really wouldn't be a good fit for what this position needs. Mm-hmm. And it, that doesn't mean you like X them from ever working from your company. It just means that for that particular position that you may have thought they'd be a good fit for, they're not. Mm-hmm. And you, I try very hard to not put a square peg in a round hole. Because yeah. I know that if you're happy, you're going to do your best work. That doesn't mean acquiescing to every little thing that that person wants. I think that's what people, I think that's what a lot of, of what I'm learning now that I'm in this position and from talking to other leaders is that a lot of times you're like, oh, you know, we, if we give them Fridays off then they'll just expect it, right? If we, you know, like that kind of thing. Like if we give them every other Friday off, then it's just an expectation. And it's like, no, you have to hold them accountable to whatever it is that you set in place. And that's, I think, what people don't want to do. They don't want to look at you and say, you know what, Cindy? You can't Cindy, Cindy. I just called her Cindy. Cindy, you can't have that thing that you wanted because you didn't do this over here. And now it's like that bad guy part that I think yeah. that's where people struggle. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 100%. Though. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a hard role to play because I think they fear, well, if I'm the bad guy, then I'll distance myself from my employees, which is actually weirdly the reverse. When you start being more like, I don't know, just from my interactions with like Chip or like other leaders, right? You like, you know, when you hold your ground on something, you actually call people up. Yeah. And it's this weird dynamic where it's, you wouldn't think that. You'd think that they would get like pissed off at you. Right? Yeah. But people generally like to rise to the occasion if somebody holds up to a higher standard. I agree. I think I think so. what you just described is the difference between telling someone no and forcing them to do better before they get that thing. Yeah. I think those are two different things, right? There's I think some people just look at a situation like, nope, and they shut it down. Nobody likes to just be shut down. I don't like to just be shut down. But what if you tell me if you what you say to me is you know, and Chip does this to me all the time, right? Yeah. I'll be like, I want to do X. And he'll say, you can do X, but I need you to do, you know, A, B, C first. Mm-hmm. And then when you do those three things, that you'll be ready to do X. And yeah. that's when I'll say yes to that. And he does that to me. And I've, I think that's very valuable. And I think that's, you don't just say no and shut them down. You try to set, say, I'm going to say no to you today. Yeah. But if you can get to here... Then you'll be ready well, for that thing. Dude, honestly, like there's been a couple of projects that there's been a couple of things that like I've wanted in the company where, you know, we've had conversations like, I really wanted that, you know, blah blah blah. And you're like, Yeah, okay, like time, be patient, you know, it's, it's a long term game, you know, yeah. like I came in like very just like go hunt, you know, get go Sydney get it. Like, ah! That that doesn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> right, yeah, I know it's a snug thing. Um, but it's weird because when you sit down and think about it, you're like, you know what? I think if I got that thing that I wanted, I would feel uncomfortable at this point in my career in with that role or in that position or with that ownership or what yeah. the f- ever it is. Sorry. Heck, language. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But, but like, I eventually you... <laughs> it's your video. Is it this for your video? Like, do you want to do anything about models? You're just asking for just in general. What? Are you going to use this for your video? No, I don't know. Joey's like, we'll cut it then. <laughs> um, no, I think that's a good point. I think it's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to feel like I, if you work up to it, then eventually it's like you just kind of fall into the position instead of like. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do, especially because like the millennial generation, the one thing about them that I think is actually true 
is that it has not been instilled in the millennial generation the the like um, uh, pay your dues mentality is not something that is intrinsic in that generation. Well, pay your, pay your dues is not about a time thing. It's yes. About a work thing. Yes. So that's so that's one big difference is that I think pay your dues was originally about work. Yeah. Then the big corporate structures formed and it came just about how much time you spent. Yeah. That got kind of corrupted. People got upset with that. Then the rebellion against that was that they did not teach their kids about putting the work in that yeah. it takes to actually get the thing. Yeah. And now you have all this entrepreneur porn saying just start, you know, yeah. fail fast, which yeah. is complete BS. So I think, you know, in what, you know, we've talked a lot and I've talked to other people, it's, yeah, it's about... <laughs> Um, it's about there is certain amounts of work that you have to do not because it's not that you couldn't do the thing here it's that you would fail at the thing here if you haven't at least experienced the steps that it takes to get there and then once you have then you own it then you get to the step and you're like oh I could have done this and it's like no you did seven other things before it that allowed you to, to own it when you got there. I think as uh, leaders bosses whatever if you're doing your job you are helping people through that process. Not doing it for them, not just shutting them down and telling them no. I think trying to put people in positions where they can, they have, it's achievable for them to win, but also possible for them to fail. And I think that that's a level that as a leader, if you're really working with your people and trying to raise them up so that you have the best possible staff, you're always trying to put them in positions where if they do as good as you know they can do, they'll succeed. If they don't, they'll fail. But if it's always that if the bar is so low that they can always win, then they're not really growing. Right. If it's always so high that all they can do is fail, then they're going to get frustrated and feel like they can't do what they want to do. So it's a fine line. And, and sometimes you miss high, sometimes you miss low. Um, but I do think that that's how you really teach your people. I mean, is that they have to experience it. We talk about time. Reps, 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 reps. I mean, that's the game. Do you think, like, when you guys look out in the industry, that a lot of, like, other leaders that you see or managers or agency owners, not trying to, like, key in on anyone specifically, but, like... Sorry, give it to them, Steve. No, just, like, people in general, right? Um, like, do you think that they uh, think that hiring, like, culture and hiring somebody is just sort of, like, I'm going to hire you to do this job and there isn't a lot of cultivation that goes into it? Or do people just not know what the cultivation looks like? I think that most people who start businesses do not start businesses. I think they start businesses for because That's they it. like doing a thing. That's it. Yeah. They like doing a thing. Mm-hmm. And they do, it's, they, no one likes managing people. We talked about it the other day. A number one key for me in my mind that someone is not ready to manage other human beings is when they ask to manage other human beings. Mm -hmm. Because when you tell me that you want to manage people, that means you don't know what it takes and that you're not ready because it's the worst. Mm -hmm. It also, if I think, and what I mean by the worst is normally there's so many problems and it's just, it takes away from you doing the thing that you love to do, right? Right. Like I do less video and less writing because I have to manage every day. If I didn't manage other human beings, my entire day would be writing and podcasting and speaking and fun stuff. So there's a trade-off. That being said, I think the reason the outlier businesses all have these like incredible hardworking cultures that are all a little different, but like is because they took the time to step back. Whoever was at the top stepped back from saying, I'm a doer and started being a leader. And like, that's not a new thought. 
I can just tell I, I can just tell you like from how I think we have our team rocking is that we have people who've really taken ownership of their individual units. They work as part of a, a greater collective, you know, sometimes more harmoniously than others, but that's just the nature of people. And that it's about everybody just moving forward. And a large part of that is that we have a group on, on many separate occasions have taken a step back and thought intentionally about our culture. What do we want this to be about? And um, that's, I mean, I think we're in a pretty good place. When you think about our culture today versus like when you first came in, oh. TC.com. Oh my God, it's not even comparable. Yeah. It was a train wreck. It was like, it was like walking into an office full of dumpster fires. And, um, you know, we had to let a lot of people go. We had a lot of people leave because, you know, a big part of Chip's plan to get us from being unsuccessful to successful was we have to have a culture of people of that are working in the same direction. And at certain points, we literally had to say to people, like, if you're not going to point in this direction, then we need you to leave. And um, some of them were more productive than others. But what you find is when a group of your company is pointing in one direction and start to be successful, the people who are unwilling to join kind of self-select themselves out. And it becomes very obvious. They're, and, and the other part too is, and maybe and I, I would love feedback on this, is, uh, is that I think once they've self-selected out, I don't, I don't think you can bring them back in. I think yeah. it's time for them to find something new. Um, not that you don't, not that they're bad people that you want anyone to lose their job or move on, but I do, I think it is incredibly difficult to pull someone emotionally back in when they have kind of made that decision to check out. Like, how do you re-engage them? Cause I don't know. I don't know that I have it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. All right. Sorry. Cool. No, it's all right. Going, but...